today we are talking about <coughs> which is today's part two. Um, last time we spoke about um, how it relates to um, one type of basic halachas, and whether the, the government have to be given the same thing, doing the same, having the same effect or not. Um, and today we move on to another, the second part of Zevzegarm. Um, we're going to, we're going to start with, um, Sorry about your technology, guys. Um, sorry about that. Okay. Anyhow, okay. Hopefully, hopefully this is going to work, guys. Okay. Anyhow, so we, today we're going to talk about another thing. I'm going to start off. Um, go figure. Um, in Hilchah Shabbos. Um, the din is that if a person cooks food on Shabbos, um, then it's also to eat it. Okay? You can't eat that food. So, the Rama says, what happens if a person <coughs> puts salt into food um, and he put it in a way that causes it to cook? Okay? However that happens in Hilchah Shabbos, he made the salt be cooked. So, the Rama says the food is mutati. You can eat that food even though you cook the salt on Shabbos into this food, you'll have to eat it. And why? Even because the food to be cooked because of the sharpness of the salt? No, because the salt to be cooked. It's, it's like boiling hot food and you put the salt in. Correct. You made the food cooked. However, in Hilcha Shabbos, however that happens, the salt gets cooked. You cook the salt. So there's a problem. You just revash it. So you, you, you cook the entire You now eat that food. So the Ramah says, you're right, you don't eat it anyhow. Now, the, the salt is Avital Taimah. So the salt is a, is a significant part of the food. So it, it, how you like eating, it shouldn't, be, it shouldn't be, so to speak, buckled in the food. So the reason is because. You assume that the person put salt into the food before Shabbos also. As part of his cooking, he put salt in also. On Shabbos, he put in more salt, but there was salt in already. So, it's a garden. Because the taste that you taste now, the Avita time, so to speak, what you're tasting now in the food is salt from yesterday, which was mutter, salt from today, which is usher. So, it's a garden when you're allowed to eat the food. Okay, that's what the Ramah says. You're allowed to eat the food, even though it has this salt in it that was cooked on Shabbos. Okay. So, Taz says, he says, no, this doesn't make any sense. He says, it doesn't make any sense. He says, Zevzegarim works when you eat the things at the same time. So you eat both things. The salty taste of this food is now because you ate the, the kosher, so, so to speak, the kosher salt, and so to speak, the trade salt. You, you eat them together, and now it's Zevzegarim because they both make a difference. He says, but over here, when, an hour ago, before you ate the salt, what did the food taste like? It didn't, didn't taste so salty. Now you eat it in, so to speak, trade salt now. The trade salt is the, thing, the only thing that made the have any difference in time. It made a difference. You ate the salt and now it tastes differently. He says, not Zev Zekarim. It says, it, it, it was what it was. It had a hundred things in the, in the food. It had potatoes and carrots and meat, a hundred things in it, and salt was one of them. And when you ate salt now, that added the taste. So you, it doesn't, you can't take Zev Zekarim on that. He says, it's not Zev Zekarim. The salt that you ate now made a difference in the taste. So that's it. So it should be awesome. So he would say, is everything by a mother or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, this is one of the examples, right? He says, he says, if you didn't put them in at the same time, he says, so he says, what's it? He says, uh, so he says, it doesn't count. He says, Zevzegar is only when you did them at the same time. So you could say they're both having this effect together. It's but a if you... Uh, uh, you know, that what? Yeah, all, all these, a lot of Zevzegar, which are not, so it's time, he's saying, they're better, I'm worried, but at the same time. Okay, so that's fine. But the Akhwarim is a better kasha, okay? The Akhwarim, it's a prima godim and a... 
uh, El Yerab, I think it is, can't say much better Kasha. They said, this is a Perish Mishnah that says, no, I can't. <laughs> it's a Mishnah in Arla that says, that says, it makes a difference whether you hit it, which order you hit them in. It makes a difference. Even if you hit the Hector, if you hit the Hector, it makes a difference. It's, it's, it's also Zebzagarim. Okay? One, one of the Mishnahis that has in it the Machlikas, or the Zebzagarim, is Motor Asr, is talking about a case we didn't hit them in order. Okay? So they say, so they say it's not right. And, um, and, uh, those are fun, of course. Don't pass like the Taz. And the Mishabur passing like that. Also, he says the Ramah is correct, that it makes a difference even, even, even if the order is incorrect, even if the order is, you did it out of order, it makes a difference, and, and Zebzagarim applies. Okay, now, it's a really good question. I was like, so what's, what, what the Taz made sense, what the Taz said. Okay, so I, I, I'm not going to tell you, it's a half a page footnote over here, to explain to me. I, it, back and forth to try to understand what, so why is the Taz wrong? The Taz sounds like he said something smart. Okay. But we'll believe it for now. The Ramah says, we're passing, we're going to say to the Ramah that even if you didn't do them simultaneously, it's still considered Zevzagarm. The Taz argues. Okay. Now, I'm going to, we have two, I have two applications of that, this Machlut between the Ramah and the Taz. The first is about um, Sherry casks. Okay. Um, sherry is a kind of wine. Um, and as you know, a, a well-known question, which is, people age their scotch in barrels of used for sherry, so they have this sherry was in it before him, and now there's no sherry anymore, but now you age it in it, and that makes, uh, affects the taste of the scotch. So there's a big question with the sherry, which is, of course, a stamyayin, whether that makes a difference to the scotch, okay? And we're not going to talk about that, child. When we learned about alcoholic beverages, we spoke many times about that, but the difference taught them why that should or shouldn't make a difference, why the sherry should or shouldn't make a difference into the scotch. That's not what we're talking about. One, one of the reasons that was given there, that Diane Weiss's and Schwartz used to like, pr- prefer, was that maybe it's Zebzagar. Okay, that it should be mutter because it's Zebzagar, because the sherry is only part of the taste, part of the taste of the overall scotch. So it adds some taste, and the scotch adds some taste, and so that should be Zebzagar. Okay, now, Diane Weiss says himself, he says, I'm not sure if it's really Zebzagar. Maybe, it's what we spoke about last time, it's Yesh Bezekatel Hametz. Maybe you taste the sherry completely. If you taste the sherry directly, then, it's, then that doesn't qualify for Zev Zagarim. Zev Zagarim, remember I told you, it has to be you don't taste each of the things by itself. If you taste in, either of the things by itself, or it's Hamadah by itself, it would be enough to do a Hamadah that doesn't work. So that, that, that's not for our child for today. I'm, I don't understand what does that mean, you taste by itself, as this thing? Yeah, do you notice sherry taste in, this, in the thing? Well, just as a overall color the, the t- flavor of what's going on over here. If you di- directly... If and does it taste the same as if, the, as if it would be just sherry? No. It's we definitely not the same thing as if you're drinking sherry. Of right? course not. But does the sherry... Is there enough sherry in there to make a difference that you can actually taste it now? That's why he's not sure. If you could actually... If it's enough in there, anyway, in a mime or anything like that, if there's enough isser to do the job by itself, then we say, um, there's no zebzagar. But, but if it's a blend of flavors, then it's obviously not going to be noticed by itself. Because it's, that's so so that's what he's not sure about. He's not sure whether it is or is not. And that's, again, that's not our style of today. That was when we do alcoholic beverages. Today, we're believing, he, we're just trying to understand the tzad that he said it could be zevzakar. Okay? The tzad was that it helps the flavor, and there's, there's taste of scotch by itself, sherry is also in the taste, and they together could be zevzakar. Okay? We're taking that possibility that it could be zevzakar. So I'm pointing out that that only is true according to the Ramah. The Ramah said you could eat them consecutively. You don't have to be simultaneously. According to the task that you have to be added simultaneously, this wouldn't make any sense. Okay, the, the, this case is exactly the same case as the salt. There was a t- an existing taste beforehand. Now someone added in sherry taste into it, and the Taz says, that's not Zev because whatever the sherry is doing, it's doing it by itself now. 
Okay? So I'm saying this, that the possibility to say that it's ever occurred only is true according to the remark, which is okay, because we pass on the remark, but it's only true according to the remark, would not be true according to the Okay. Okay. And another case related to, to whiskey also is that there's something called blenders. Okay? What are blenders? Uh, blenders is this legal uh, loophole, and that is that the, in, in a, the tax law charges very, very high tax for beverage alcohol, okay, like 100%, I was in a place not so long ago, and they told me they were being charged two or 300%, okay, crazy high tax on beverage alcohol, okay, it's, they call it a sin tax, if you're doing something that they deem we, we could beat you up, we, you know, you're a bad guy, so we can charge you a lot of tax. So, of course, companies don't want to do that. They don't want to pay such a high tax. So the, the, the government says, you know, if you put a flavor in, you don't have to pay tax on that. You could put a flavor in, and that's okay. That's not, you don't pay tax on that. So what they do is, they put in, you can put in up to 2.5% flavor. So what they do is, they put in something called a blender. A blender is, a, what they, technically, it's a flavor. But really, it's just pure alcohol. Okay, flavors are made up of a lot of, it's a lot of alcohol with a little flavor chemicals in it. So they put in, pure alcohol, with a little bit of flavor inside of it, and they say, I'm adding a flavor, right? See, see, I'm adding a, I'm adding a blender. I'm adding a blender into this thing, but, and, and, and it actually has some taste to it. It is nice and tam. It has some, you know, some avidal time inside of it, but that's, I mean, it, really for them, it's just a, a way to get cheap alcohol in there. That 2.5% that they put in is free, so to speak. It just costs a dollar instead of costing three dollars for the same thing. they would have to pay tax on the raw materials. Right, on the on those ingredients. Now, this, this is not this is not alcohol, this is flavor, this is called flavor. So, uh, encourage my flavor, now we're allowed to put it in, okay? And, and they're, so they're putting this, these blenders, okay? So, um, so the, the, the so that's the, the kavana, that's why they're putting it in. They're not putting it in because they want the, the taste that they get now. The, the taste that they do is connected to what they're putting in. They'll have a blender for bourbon, or a blender for uh, rye. And it's, it's a blender that fits with what they're doing. Okay, it fits with what they're doing, but it's not meant to, it's not like you put cherry flavor into vodka. Then you want the vodka to have a cherry flavor to it. Here, you don't want any flavor to this. You just want to help out, I and mean, you'll help a little bit while you're at it. You might as well be putting in something that tastes like bourbon into your bourbon, but that's you're trying to just get alcohol into this thing. And the, the, the flavor is just your, your loopholes, where you got around it. Um, so in that case, again, according to the Taz, it would make a difference. According to the Taz, you can't say Zev Zagar. You can't say the overall thing tastes like raw, and now I'm adding a little raw into it. He says, no, because whatever it tastes like beforehand, whatever you get it in, you're adding on afterwards. And according to the Ramah, it's fine, Zev Zagar, because again, the, the, what you're adding in is either duplicates the flavor you have. Well, or it's bottle, right? It's the Abidal Timus bottle, the alcohol is not, it's, it's, the, it's kosher. It's the, it's the potential. It always says, yeah, oh, okay, we work with an assumption from even from last time, that when, at the time you put in, in tiny percentages that make no difference. I mean, aren't, okay, now, 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 back to technicalities. I'm sorry, people. i got to just share my screen if I can forget to do that again. Um, okay, hopefully. No, it's wrong screen I shared. Okay. Does that make sense? Are they, are they seeing my screen? I have no idea what they're saying. I'm um, sorry, people. So, hold, hold, just give me a second. Okay. Hopefully, oh, that's what we're going to say. Okay. Now, we're going to talk about now about emulsifiers. Okay. So, an emulsifier is that there are liquids um, that don't mix together well. Okay, things that don't mix together well. Okay, and our most, the f- 
example everybody's most familiar with um, is oil and water. Okay, oil and water don't mix together. The oil is lighter than the water and it floats to the top. So if you, uh, if you take milk and you don't homogenize your milk, you take it right out of the cow and you let it sit there, the fat will rise to the top. The oil floats out of the, out of the liquid, out of the water, so to speak, and the oil floats to the top, and that's why you homogenize your milk to make it stay together. Okay, um, the same thing if you make salad dressing at home. You mix vinegar and oil together, they don't stay together, so you could shake it up and you could hold it together for a couple seconds, enough to get it onto your salad, but it's not going to stay together. And an emulsifier um, is, brings them together. An emulsifier makes them mix with each other and stay together. Okay, so there are, so to speak, natural emulsifiers, things you find out that in nature. For example, um, egg yolks have in them lecithin. Um, lecithin is an emulsifier, and that's why when you make mayonnaise, the, the oil and the, and the vinegar stay together because there's eggs in there. Otherwise, they would separate. That's what keeps them together. It's the egg in there, the, the egg yolk that's in there, that helps keep them together rather than separating from each other. Okay, that's what makes them hold together. Um, so that, that's like a natural emulsifier. It's something that holds them together naturally. Okay, but most of them. Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you an example. So, so, sorry for the people on the screen. I'm not going to see this, but a lot of people get to see this. Okay, we have here. Okay, whoops, sorry. Okay, for, for those of you, okay, maybe I'll show it to the people on the screen afterwards. Um, okay, we, have, we have oil and water here. Okay, we have oil and water, and as you could, as, as what you can see, um, the oil and water separates, okay, because the oil flows out. Okay, mustard powder, this, this, this is, mustard powder is also a natural emulsifier. Um, so we put, if we put mustard powder, if we put mustard powder in, hopefully it's going to work. Right? Let's stir it up. And need some more, some more must be better. Anyhow, um, where do you get the uh, experiments from? A mad scientist. Um, okay, so the 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 mustard powder um, is an emulsifier. Um, it's actually interesting why it's not completely mixed, but anyhow, that for a different day. Anyhow, so the, it's a natural emulsifier, and it helps them mix together. Okay, now they mix together. Okay, but most people commercially don't make emulsifiers like that. Okay, most uh, commercial emulsifiers are made like this. They take two components, one which is the word is hydrophilic, and one is lipophilic. What well, hydrophilic means? Philic means like it loves. So hydrophilic means it loves water, and lipophilic means it loves oil. Okay, and you put, you make something together that has a hydrophilic and a lipophilic together, and now this new molecule holds together the water and the oil, because it has two parts to it. One side likes water, one side likes oil, and now it holds them together. Okay, so our example here is, um, this example we're going to use is polysorbate 80. What's polysorbate 80? It's made from two things. Um, we're going to call one of them sorbitol. It's really a little bit different than sorbitol, but we're going to call it sorbitol, and one is called oleic acid. Okay, those are the two sides of a, of a polysorbate 80. Okay, so polysorbitol is hydrophilic. Okay, sorbitol dissolves in water and mixes with water, and uh, also with over vinegar. Okay, and um, oleic acid. Oleic acid is a, comes from fat actually, and it's lipophilic. It likes it likes oil. Okay, so if we if we put them together to make polysorbate 80, um, the two, the hydrophilic and the lipophilic, come together, and now that like my graphics, that will hold the dressing together. Okay, you put you put the. So, what do you think I do? So, 
So it, it helps, it makes the, the, the oil, the, the, the sorbitol holds on to the vinegar side of this, the oleic acid holds on to the oil of this, and then it holds them together so that your dressing doesn't separate and the dressing stays together, okay? So that's how polysorbate 80 is a, is a, poly, is a emulsifier. And that, that's a common way to make an emulsifier, okay? Is to take two sides. One is hydrophilic and one is lipophilic. You put them together. They, they somehow they're joined as one molecule. And now they hold things together. So some other, let's see if this works. Some other se- emulsifiers that we know of are being culture sensitive. The first one is monoglyceroids. Okay, what are monoglycerides? A monoglyceride means, um, oh, I forgot to mention one. Okay, monoglycerides are, um, glycerin is a, is a molecule, comes from oil or fat, and it has, um, sorry, it comes from oil or fat, and so if you take a glycerin, it has, uh, you take glycerin, is, oil is uh, glycerin together with three fatty acids. Okay, if you break it apart and make the glycerin be attached to just one fatty acid, it's called a monoglyceride. Okay, instead of being attached to three fatty acids, it's only attached to one. Um, by, but you get stuck with some diglycerides. The diglycerides are not helpful over here. You, you see them together, monodiglycerides. The diglycerides are not functional in, in the, as, as a, uh, what's it called, as an emulsifier. But the monoglyceride is, so the hydrophilic side is the glycerin, and the lipophilic side is the fatty acid. So this monoglyceride can function as a, as a emulsifier. Okay, it holds the oil and the water together. And the same for the datum, which is similar, and the sodium stereolactate. Each one of them has, the, the datum has glycerin and tartaric acid, which both hydrophilic, and the fatty acid is the lipophilic, and the sodium stereolactylate, the lactic acid is the hydrophilic, and the stearic acid is the lipophilic. Okay, so it, the, the, all these emulsifiers work the, the same way. Okay, they all work the same way, which is one side goes, attaches to the water, one side attaches to the oil, and that it, it causes them to be uh, to stay together. It's a different kind of, of emulsifier I'm going to mention, just because it comes up, we see it as an ingredient, um, brominated vegetable oil. Okay, you may have seen that. And you often see it in certain types of beverages. And the reason why it's in beverages is because um, if, if you want to put a, in, it's, it's sort of, I use the word higher-end beverages, you want to put in a citrus-based essential oil into the flavor, to give a flavor. You want to put lime oil into your, into your drink. Okay? If you put lime oil in, it's an oil, and it's going to float to the top. So how are you going to keep your lime oil in the drink instead of floating on the top of your drink? Okay? How are you going to make it stay inside? So bromine vegetable oil is a kind of an emulsifier. It keeps the essential oil in the liquid instead of floating to the top of the liquid. Bromination is a process. Okay, not relevant to us what that process is. But what, what the point, but this works differently than the ones I'm describing here. Okay, it works differently. Here, what it does is it's called a weighting, a weighting agent. It attaches to the oil and makes it denser. Okay, so the reason why oil floats to the top is because it's lighter than water. This makes it denser, so therefore it floats, it stays in, in the solution. It doesn't work like the, these ones I'm describing. Okay, it works in a different format, has the same effect, which it keeps the oil and water mixed together, but it does it in a different way. <coughs> it does it by um, weighing down the water. That's what it's called, weighing agent. Okay. Weighing down the oil. Weighing down the oil, yes. Okay, so now. Um, sometimes, poly, uh, uh, emulsifiers are used in ways that have nothing to do with being a miner. Some have no shaykh as being a miner. For example, polysorbate 60, sometimes is eating to food, it keeps them from burning. Okay, that's not shaykh has nothing to do with being a miner. Or this datum could be used to make bread have chew, be chewier. Okay, again, it's not a miner. Okay, but lots of, lots of other times, it's like in our, in our salad dressing, that it in fact is a miner. 
Okay, or like I just described to you, the bromine vegetable, it is a mime. Okay, now even then, not always does it is it a mime that can't be bottled, and that's because you'll remember when we spoke about um, davar mime. One of the rules of davar mime is something is only considered is only not bottled as a davar mime if it's inherently trafe. Something that's only trafe because it has a blea is not consi- does not make something else trafe if it's a davar mime because the blea is not mime, only the thing itself is mime. Okay, so for that. You need, to, you need to see how the polysorbates are, okay? I told you before about polysorbate 80, okay? <clears throat> but there are three polysorbates that we deal with on, like, on a more regular basis. Polysorbate 20, 16, 80. And each one of them is, is sorbitol, a sorbitol-type item, mixed with a fatty acid, okay? And the difference between them is which fatty acid it's mixed with. So polysorbate 20 is mixed with lauric, 60 is mixed with steric, and 80 is mixed with oleic, okay? All three of those are kosher-sensitive, okay? But they're not kosher-sensitive for the same reason. Steric acid and oleic acid usually come from animal products. So, so those, if those were used in a food, then there's potential for it to be considered a because it's inherently trade. It comes from an animal product. But, could come. it could come from an animal product, okay? But polysorbate 20, okay, comes from lauric, is made with lauric acid. Lauric acid is kosher sensitive because of a kalem issue, but lauric acid always comes from vegetable oil. So if, polysor- if a non-kosher polysorbate 20 was used in a food, it, it had the effect of being mimed, but it would not make the food trace because it would be baltimashishim, because even though it might have been act as a, as a mimed, it had the effect of being mimed, but it's not bu- it's bottle because it's inherently kosher. It's made from vegetable oil. It may have made a tray of kalem, so we wouldn't want to put it in lechatila. We wouldn't want to put it in. But it has, it doesn't, it's not considered a mime that makes it usher because it's not inherently trace. Okay? And it, the same thing, the bromated vegetable oil that I told you about, is the same thing. It's bromated vegetable oil. It's not made from inherently trace ingredients. Those, the, the vegetable oil the, needed tashkacha because of the kalem might have been made on but the vegetable oil itself is inherently kosher, and since it's inherently kosher, therefore, the, if it, the fact that it's a mime, it makes no difference. It wouldn't, it, that doesn't stop it from being bottled because it's a mime, because it's not inherently true. Okay? Now, <clears throat> but what happens, what happens if um, we use polysorbate 80? Like in the example I gave you before, we made the dressing, made the salad dressing with polysorbate 80. Okay? So, in which case, in which cases would it potentially be considered a mime? Okay? So, Rodolsky pointed at uh, Chuva in Harpsvi, um, where he gives the following description. He's talking, here's the case he's talking about. Okay? He said, somebody added alcohol into, into sweet wine to keep it from beca- fermenting further. Okay? To me, he doesn't say, but to me it sounds like he's describing port. Okay? Port is you take grape juice and you start fermenting it into wine. So let's say grape juice starts with 0% alcohol, and as you ferment it, if you get, let's say, 10, 12, 14, 15% alcohol, and then it stops, okay, then it can't go on, the, the yeast doesn't function anymore when it gets so, so acidic. So what happens is, when you make port, you let the grape juice ferment to, let's say, 7%. So if it's at 7%, there's still plenty of sugar there. It hasn't fermented yet. And when it's at 7%, you all of a sudden pour in um, alcohol into it. You pour in brandy into it. So now all of a sudden the, the, the alcohol level jumps to 20%. At 20%, the yeast doesn't function. It stops fermenting it. So you end up with something with 20% alcohol, meaning more alcohol than a regular wine would have, but it has sweetness of grape juice because a, a, lot, of the grape, a lot of the sugar has not converted into alcohol. Okay, that's what port wine is. Okay? So it's, it has high alcohol, but it also is very sweet. Okay? That's what a port wine is. That's what it sounds like what he's describing. So he says over there, the alcohol is not a double environment. 
He said, the alcohol prevented the sugar from fermenting further. But the alcohol didn't do anything. It just held it back from doing what, what it might have done, and that's not considered, that's not considered a His words, if you want to read it, is, Shara spirits, I don't know exactly how he pronounced it, have spirits, they stopped the wine from changing, I mean, the, 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 the parsley wine. They didn't, they didn't change the original taste that it had. So, this is not considered a mime, the fact that it had that effect on it. You're just preventing something new from happening. That's not considered, that's not considered to be a mime. So, Rabelsky said, for example, an example that we would have is, um, is peanut butter. Okay, when you make peanut butter, if you grind up peanuts and you grind them into a buttery thing, they will, it'll say peanut butter. Okay, if you, if you go to Whole Foods and you, they make you peanut butter live over there, when you walk out of the store, it looks like peanut butter. But if you come back a week later, what's going to happen is the oils and the peanuts are going to float to the top and the bottom is going to become rock hard. Okay, that's what happens when you have peanut butter. Now, that doesn't happen to your skippy peanut butter. Okay, their peanut butter doesn't ever separate. Okay, but it, that's because there's something in there. There's, a, there's a, an emulsifier to keep them together. But if you do nothing, the oil will fall to the top and you won't have such great peanut butter. You're going to have to stir that peanut butter to try to get the oil mixed back in to make it taste like anything you want to be usable. Okay, so Rabelsky said, in that kind of a case, that emulsifier is, is what, what the heart is describing, where the, the emulsifier prevents something from happening. The oil and, and the peanuts are all mixed together very well. And just the emulsifier stops it from ru- getting ruined in a few days from now. He says that's not considered upper amount. Okay, that's just holding back from what would have uh, a change that would have happened. That's not considered upper amount. He says, but when you make salad dressing and you mix the oil and the vinegar together and you put in the emulsifier, he says, so you know, for one second in the factory, as the machine is stirring them all together, they're all mixed together. But everybody knows that the second the machine stops turning, in three seconds it's going to be separated from each other. So if you put it in an emulsifier then, that is considered to be a duffer amendment, because the emulsifier is, is making them blend in a, way that it, it, in a way that it wouldn't have happened otherwise. Now it happens, again, temporarily for one second that they are actually blended together as the machine is stirring them up. He says, but that's a joke. I mean, in, in a second that's going to disappear. Um, so that's going to that's stop, and therefore that's not, that, that is considered that the, it had an effect of being mined. Okay? Now. Okay, so, so now we understand that there are specific cases where uh, an emulsifier could be a double alignment. Um, and um, so we would, we should, everybody would be happy right now. Okay, so most people at this point would stop talking. Okay, and most people assume everything that I said until now, which is that if you use an emulsifier like this and use the right one, okay, that's power super 80, not power super 20, okay, whatever it is, then it's considered double alignment and it would make the food safe. So I'm going to tell you a reason why I think that's not true. Um, some people who I told this to thought I made sense, and some people didn't, didn't like it. It just, just made them uncomfortable. Um, I think that it's correct, but you'll, you'll hear that's a finish to what I'm going to say. And that's like this. In, in our favorite slide, um, you saw that what happened was we had, um, we had our two parts over here. We had our sorbitol. Our polysorbate 80 was made from sorbitol and oleic acid. We now take that, that polysorbate 80 and we mix them together, uh, and the, the hydrophilic and the, and, and the lipophilic get together, they get together, and they allow them to blend and hold the dressing together. Okay, now, what would happen, what would happen if you took um, oil and vinegar, okay, and you put sorbitol into it? What happens if you put sorbitol into it? You put buckets of sorbitol into it. What would happen? Nothing. You'd have very sweet... Um, Salad dressing. 
What would happen if you took a, 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 a vinegar and oil and you put in oleic acid into it? You'd have very oily um, salad dressing. Neither one of those by itself could do a blessed thing over here. None of them are able to be minded by themselves. Each one of them is completely useless as, for being minded. The only reason why polysorbate 80 is minded is because you have two things together. It's only because you have sorbitol and oleic acid that it could be minded. Each one of them is completely aimed as Zekadel Each one of them is hopeless. If you could put buckets of sorbitol, nothing's going to happen. It's never going to turn into, you can make the dressing mix together because it only, the sorbitol is hydrophilic. It likes water. Okay, it likes water. Big deal. It's not going to help us for the salad dressing. And the oleic acid likes oil. If they're not together, they don't do anything. So, to me, that's Zevzagur. That, that's exactly what Zevzagur means. Is. Each one of the components can't do the thing by itself. The two components together can do that. But the two things, it's only because that together can do it, then it's, that's Zevzagur. So, for example, year-round, the reason why polysorbidate needs Hashkacha is because the oleic acid could, be, could come from animal. Whoa, that needs Hashkacha because it could come from animal. Mask him. Okay, but... If you use polysorbate 80, which, and it was baltabashishim, which it typically is, it was baltabashishim, so was it a maimed? It caused a hamada. Is it not bottle because it's a maimed? Why shouldn't it be bottle? It's it It didn't do it by itself. The oleic acid, the animal part, couldn't do it by itself. It's only because of the sorbitol in there also. You, mix, you put them in at this together. And only because the sorbitol is it did it make a difference. On the other side, on Pesach, what's sensitive about polysorbate 80? And you have a kosher polysorbate 80. Why is it sensitive to Pesach? Because sorbitol can come from hummus. So we, take, we made salad dressing for Pesach with kosher polysorbate 80, but it wasn't kosher Pesach, okay? It wasn't kosher Pesach. You say, oh my gosh, the sorbitol was, is, is in there, might have been chametzik, and therefore it had a hamad of chametz. <laughs> the sorbitol couldn't do nothing. Putting sorbitol, putting sorbitol into the into salad dressing won't do anything for you, won't make anything happen. So the chametz had nothing to do with it. The chametz was that. It, it seems to me like exactly a zev That's what zev is. Two things together could do it that each one individually can't do. It. So to me, oh, it sounded, to me, I, I, I didn't think it was early enough to answer Belsky's question. You know, he, he's not around for many years. Uh, so recently, I've, I've been, when I'm thinking this through, I hear this to people. Some thought hey, it made sense, and some people did not. So it obviously needs more thought. Um, it comes together. It forms, it, it, it comes, they put the two, the silver and oleic acid. It's not just the soup. So, 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 you're, so you're saying it's the Taz said they have to come together. So of course, they're coming together, right? They're coming together. I understand. Right. So, so, so th- there are those who say, well, no, but it's one molecule. It became one molecule beforehand. Okay, I, I didn't see that how, that how that could make, why that should make a difference. You know, what was the, <coughs> we had, we had a, We, we had a riot against those, I don't remember. But what should be the difference? They, they came as one molecule together, so, so what? Um, so it, it's only because they're together that made the difference. You know? I mean, if someone you had water, you know what I'm saying, and, and they find out the, the hydrogen was also, the oxygen was also, nobody would say it's, nobody, nobody would say it's, you know, it's that was a good, I mean, right? it's water. <laughs> What's polysorbidity? It's, it, it is, that it's, you, you know, we just know it's need to put a spoonful of stuff and it makes a difference, but it's, it worked. I'm, I just told you why it works. This is what happened. You made this special, you put these two things together so they could do this job, and <coughs> you created this new thing. Okay, so, um, <coughs> um, now, th- there's a little question, e- even if I said is what would happen, you could have a case where both our sides are also, okay? Remember, the monoglycerides are made from um, glycerin and um, fatty acid. So they could both be usher. Um, they could both be usher. Um, but each one of them eat the glycerin. Glycerin could have come from animal. And the fatty acid could have come from animal. So in which case, both of them are isser. But 
each of them by themselves can't be maimed. I don't know what that case. What would you say in that case? The examples of garim, both garim are iser, but each garim by itself can't do it. Okay, each one, the the, the monoglyceride, the side that that connects to the water is the glycerin. It came from animal. The side that connects to the fat is the is the fatty acid. It came from animal also. They both came from inherently from trade places. So together they can be maimed, and they're both iser, but they're n- neither one is functional. So it's gonna work. One is water, right? If one is mutter, is that true? I guess so. So you think so here, one, they're both usher. No, well, see, they're both usher, they're both the same thing. You think they're two different, they're two different things that came together. Each one of them was not functional. The isser couldn't do it, and this isser couldn't do it. Okay, okay I'm not sure. Well, that case, I'm not so sure about. Maybe you're right that it's, uh, maybe you're right that it's, uh, they're both isser. Okay, but back to my regular case. That's quite an unusual case. I'm not yet convinced. To me, I, I heard the point of this, that these, that in, in a, in a, in a emulsifier, the whole point of the emulsifier, not, not in the bromine vegetable, it was different. And you combine some of the malic acid, isn't Ishtana? To a compound so really? Maybe. Okay. I'm not sure, but yeah, maybe. Say Ishtana. We say Ishtana on cooler, we should say Ishtana on cooler. That's a new thing. Wait, yes, if it's, a, if it's a new thing, then it's not Isser either. I mean, Nishtana means it doesn't connect it to the Isser. It has Isser. Oh, no, okay. some Isser and some Hester. So if you want to say it's brand new, it has nothing to do with the old thing, then it doesn't do anything either. So like the bromate vegetable oil, the thing itself, it's one thing, and it is, is the moment. It works differently than this. It doesn't work by pulling the sides together. So the whole thing itself, if it would be inherently chafed, would make the difference. But here, it, it, the whole point is, because it does the pieces by pulling them together, um, okay. that's my thought. Yeah. <laughs>